Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to episode 10, the 10th anniversary of the Pre's podcast, coming at you from a new undisclosed location. Uh, all we can tell you is that it also belongs to another one of Josh's relatives, but mm. can't disclose anything else. It's a different bunker. Yeah, we signed an NDA. It's all very serious. New hideout. <laughs> so, yeah. Governmentally protected. Exactly. So, for today, the 10th anniversary of the opening of this glorious podcast, we wanted to try something a little bit different. Um, We've basically got together a list of sort of interesting and brain-teasing sort of personal questions. This, this was a um, uh, like an after-dinner game that Proust used to play, apparently. Um, and it's basically, we're going to rattle through them really relatively quick. And the aim is that you guys will learn a little bit more about your beloved hosts. Um, so Josh is going to be asking, and let's kick it off. I'm, I'm actually, I've, I've scanned the first page. I'm quite interested. Are these Hitchens' answers? Those are Hitchens' answers, yes. And oh, and for, for context, I got this from Hitchens. Christopher Hitchens' Yeah, Louis, Louis and I are kind of like pathetic fanboys of Christopher Hitchens. We are, unfortunately. And, pathetic. and he's put yeah. Trotsky amongst his favourite characters in history. He has. He was a Trotskyite for a very he was, long time. He was, oh, a, he was yeah. a massive, massive commie for a bit. For a very long time, he was sort of a Menshevik kind of a social democrat. And then he drank enough alcohol yeah. to wake up, basically. Pretty yeah. much. He, he got kind of jaded. Exactly. <laughs> And also, can I just say for the a place in the list. can I say also for the tenth anniversary, we're trying to be a little bit more sophisticated. We're drinking some some spirits instead of beer. We are, I've oh, put together. I mean, <laughs> Josh is still on beer. I've put together some interesting vermouth concoction for me and Ivor. It's actually quite nice. It's growing on me. Louis, mate, maybe for the pub job, you just whack this on. This I'll, I'll, I'll talk to the manager about putting it on the menu because the, the, ca- the, ca- the, cap- the capstick special, mate. Capstick, the capstick on the rocks. There we go. Okay. Well, should we should we kick off with the questions? Let's give it a go. Let's do it. What do you regard as the lowest lowest depth of misery? Of misery, mm. is that an, is that an event or like a a state? A state, I guess, a state. Because I think he's uh, he's answered in terms of events. As in the lowest as in, depth as, of misery. Oh, I, I was th- I was thinking something more abstract, as in just sort of like one oh. of the like the saddest moment that you can really get to. I mean, like for example, I sometimes. What, what would what situation would be the most miserable? Well, okay, I have this weird time sometimes where I'm on like a sort of, you know when you're a little bit hungover and you're trying to sort of like go out again and you're on like a, your second or third pint and you're <laughs> thinking that like it's going okay. That's the lowest then, yeah. depth so of misery this, I've ever had. Is this a state? Of I was going to say, was gonna say something like complete loneliness or something. No, 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 I'm thinking something a little bit more trivial than that. I'm thinking like, you know when you're on like third pint and you're hungover but you're trying to get ready for another evening and you're sort of, it's going well the first couple but then halfway through the third, it's sort of like a fizzy kind of amp stool or something like that and you just... You just feel a little bit sort of so basically upset there. And you're the just worst, like, oh, this is going to be the worst, worst you've ever felt in your life. An average day for us. Uh, it's it's so disappointing. It's so disappointing. You're just and like, you okay, I'm not going to be able to send it most weeks. So you're just yeah. in a, you're in a constant state of being yeah, at the lowest. Yeah, you're just a bit heavy. You're a bit like sort of bloated and stuff, and you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, it's not going to be a good evening. Well, that's that's a low definition. That's at least a new. Louis said he was going to say complete low. I think I was going to say I was going to say like complete incompetence or something like that. Being being just totally estranged. Just totally. Just being totally inept. Yeah, what having isolation? no one that you can. Yeah, yeah, having no one that you could call. Well, well I'm trying to, to clarify what I mean. Well, I'm trying to speak from experience. So unless you guys have just actually, I mean, Literally actually not, felt just, just complete, complete isolation. I think it's a com- combination of what you're saying and something else. Just being completely unable to like, or feeling like you're completely unable to like project into the world meaningfully. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that, that's compounded. With, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I was trying. Yeah, to I try- think that's slightly worse than just a little bit. Well, yeah, honestly, yeah, I would I, say just slightly. I, said, worse. I, said, I, I was just trying to speak from like experience. I don't know if you guys no, have no, just no, had really, really, really different interpretations. Peak times. Different interpretations. <laughs> um, All right. Second question. Let me bring them up again. I think people have definitely felt worse than yes than that. It is possible, but I do relate. I do. <laughs> relate. I think we can all relate to that one. Yeah. He's 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 given an interesting answer. Um, where would you like to live? I presume it was an innocent question about countries and nice places hmm. and he's answered in a state of conflict or a conflicted state 
That pretty much sums up Hitch, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's intellectual, mate. He's on his, like, he loves, 25th he loves, sig there. He loves the sound of his own typewriter. Do you, know, do you reckon he just came up with that off the cuff? No. Oh, no. No, 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 no he, he, he could have done that. I think that's the kind of thing which is some sort of drunken stupid. I, I mean, he was an incredibly witty bloke. Well, yeah. Someone just asked him, where do you want to live? And he said... He doesn't think of, like, a nice house. Well, I'm just going to go for something really boring. I'm just, like, Switzerland, probably. But it's very difficult. Okay, what do we what do we mean by live? Occupy for a while. How long? Um... Two years minimum. Two years minimum. That's living. I, I in lockdown, I remember literally thinking to myself, I just want to fuck off to some completely like isolated island. Bro, you live in Epwell. <laughs> yeah, bro. I know, no, I know, bro. I live in the middle, middle of nowhere. nowhere. I live in the middle of nowhere, bro. But I want to be surrounded by sort of like weird exotic animals rather than the sort of like regular twenty sheep. So if, if you replace your sheep with koalas and yeah and replace the apples with like mangoes or guavas or something that'd be kind of cool so you just want like and i can hear the rush of the sea you just want mm. i just want to fuck off you just want epwell but tropical tropical you just want tropical epwell so, you know what yeah. I'm, I'm gonna put tropical but with a pub as well with a pub i kind of want like years. Uh, yeah yeah you know it'll we'll get away for two years it's a long time. What about okay? How well, about it's a I think extended gap here? What about that's why it's only two years? What about like fiji but but with your local that combination of things but with your oh it's in Fiji but with and the a pub, pub on the beach where you can get your aim <coughs> um, that's ideal yeah I, mean, that I, sounds, I couldn't think of a better that sounds like paradise to be honest yeah that sounds pretty bloody oh, good I need a city I need something urban if I'm going to be somewhere for two years I get bored of of being on some holiday after like four weeks well, do you think you wouldn't be able to just to completely zone out for like a couple of years? I'm like for a, a couple of years. Like a, I'm like a, no, but you would be really tranquil. But life is long. Dude. Yeah, we did. We did say this. Yeah, two years is nothing. It'd be a good experience, man. It'd be a good experience to just do nothing for two years. Well, not not. It's not like nothing would be happening in tropical. Well, like very little would be, would be happening. I'd, I'd have a farm. I'd have a farm. I'd have a farm. Koalas. Live the simple life. You farm koalas. I would have a koala farm have a koala in tree. tropical <laughs> Lepwell, and have some coconut trees. Yeah, and you know, I'd have a. A brewery for some some beer. Bro, Alexander Pope owed us owed solitude, happy as he whose wish and care a few paternal acres bound. There we go. Yeah. Pope had a very nice house. Josh, you just need to sort of sit around and do nothing for a Grotto. bit, basically. Also, these are these, these answers are definitely scripted. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Through that. Course, I, yeah. Well, you say of course now, either you were I, defending him a minute ago. Go for the first it's one. The kind but, you would the third say, one is, yeah. what is your idea of earthly happiness? And he has answered yeah, to be vindicated in my own. To be vindicated, my, that's yeah. my favourite, that's my favourite one. Yeah, he, he, he also was um, like, I don't want to be happy, I want to be content. I exactly. don't really know what the fuck that means. It's I'm entirely a question for the ages. No, as in, as in, no, as in, that, that, so happiness is, is, it, it's, a I state of nation. distinguishing between sort of this, because happiness is, when, when people say I'm happy, they almost always mean I'm content. They mean I'm satisfied or fulfilled. And that's not really what the word happy does or what we... Well, it's a it's a confusing semantic sort of structure a state because because also yeah I, th- I feel like when people say happiness they either mean like joy as in like in yeah. the yeah, moment yeah. chemical like elation, elation or content which is I think just a general lack of stress and worry. I thought happy was more chill than that. Though. That's what that's why I think that's why levels. that's why I think what's so extra- there's something so extraordinarily profound you know in the Declaration of Independence where it's like amongst the the inalienable rights are life liberty and the, the, the pursuit, pursuit of, of happiness. happiness. Which I think is so. Well, as in happy is like an ideal. You as can't in, really as get in, there. But also, like in the in, in the sense that, like, as part of the whole American project of creating this utopia, it was like innate creating a space in which people could be free to pursue being happy, not not promising them any any sort of contentedness. The hope of happiness, the ability to to want to be happy and to try and bring that about. I think mm. that was that was very interesting. It's it, yeah, it's almost better to sort of travel than to arrive. In true. That sense. So what we, what is your idea of earthly happiness? My idea of earthly happiness, mate. I'm pretty I'm pretty simple in that respect. I, I'm basically 
in my sort of limited 22 years on this earth I haven't really been much happier than sort of you know on like a kind of summer's afternoon when you've got like nothing really particularly on mm. cracking open a tinny with a couple of your mates all on a drinking cricket rope it's all drinking <laughs> well a drink just does universally just make it. things better it's it not is, exactly it's a, a, good a dangerous statement I think it's dangerous this podcast does not endorse that yeah you can I just say do not try this at home don't, yeah yeah <laughs> don't, don't drink drive guys we need, we need to talk to you no one said anything about driving to be fair can't even drive there's a reason why I can't drive Ricky Gervais like Ricky Gervais on the reason why you couldn't drive he's like you can't drink and drive what's the point I was going to say something like having like a weekend ahead of you with just nothing, nothing exactly on. that's basically but what, yeah. okay but to vindicate myself now what do you do on that weekend of nothingness in what well, is all about day? the prospect of not having to do anything oh the thought the exactly home. okay exactly because once once you're actually doing the nothing it gets a bit boring quite quickly but it's the idea of not having anything basically relaxation is what really really well yeah just complete yeah. and utter tranquility just the the, the lack uh, the lack of, of stress no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Josh. No. Josh, 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 is, Josh is too much of a sort of like. You can say like being in the gym or something. <laughs> no, I was definitely not. I don't know. I You're too like... active, bro. You stress me out, Josh. You stress me out. <laughs> Thank you. You make me feel like I'm just <laughs> a massive, sorry, I'm sorry, massive I'm waste and a lump. To, to articulate what I'm <coughs> actually talking about, but I feel like you can only be sort of okay. I feel like you can only. The, 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 I, I sort of agree with the scenario you're talking about, but I think it has to be contextualized. Like, if if I if I just decided not to do anything next weekend, which I could, mm-hmm. there's nothing that I need to do, mm. right? Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't be happy doing nothing. No, but that's I think that's, that's, that's of what doing I mean. nothing comes from a background. What I mean of having, of having things to do. No, but that, that, of having, not even having things to do, having done. Yeah, no, no, that, that's let me let me rephrase. I'm I'm so. Perhaps a weekend, like a weekend after a busy weekend. week, yes. where you have struck, you have worked and structured your week such that your weekend exactly. is free, and you therefore it's it's Friday. You feel like you deserve it's Friday, that or as in like you think about yeah. it, like no, no, when, no, you, when you when you when you were a kid, right? Or you know, like prep school or something, primary school, um, you know, and you, and you didn't have any work, any like homework or something for the weekend, and you get to Friday afternoon and you leave school, and you're like, right, the next two days, I've got nothing to do. I'm, I'm pro- I probably will do something. I'm not saying you do nothing, but it's the idea of not having to do something, not having okay. something automatically that I you see. need to I, do. I, I also what I'm yeah. saying is it's not, it's not, I think you were closer to what I'm saying in the sense that I've described a, a scenario um, of, what was it? A uh, couple of tins with the boys on the cricket Somewhere road. And I feel day. like that, yeah. that only at least makes me happy in the context, set in the context of, of what you're talking about. I also think that enjoying relaxation, Same. you can only really enjoy proper relaxation and proper doing nothing, like doing fuck all, in a sort of like setting that is conducive to doing not like fuck all. So for example, I wouldn't necessarily enjoy doing fuck all if I were in like London or if, if I were at like university or something like that because it's, if that context invites doing something, being productive and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy to do fuck all on some random beach somewhere or something like that. Because yeah. it's, that, that it's environment is conducive, it's, it's been set it's up for relaxation to do fuck all yeah. to unwind or whatever. So, like, you know, the, for me, the side of, like, I don't know, the uni, uni Park's cricket rope or something is conducive for me doing fuck all. And it's brilliant. How many, how many fucks did I just get into that, that statement? <laughs> Quite I feel a few. like our, in general, our swearing seven. count has gone up as, we, has, as you, we've gone you, through you, the you, 10 episodes of the podcast. Yeah, we, we, I just got them out of the same. Do we need to, do we need to put them explicit? One, it was, in the first one, it is put on explicit already. In the first parental, one, parental it was noted reason. that I swore noticeably more than the rest of you. Interesting. I think because you told me you were trying to avoid it, and then I, I noticed. And Standards I have dropped. I tried to stop. Standards have dropped. I haven't noticed any of these trends, to be entirely honest. I have not been... That perceptive at all. <laughs> I have, I surprised from the king of observation. The next, the next, next question. I haven't given a shit. <laughs> <laughs> of course. There we go.
To what to what faults do you feel most indulgent? Oh. Mm. Is he talking about vices? personal faults? Yeah, vices, uh, indolence, laziness, laziness. <sighs> I would say debauchery, but I don't consider that a fault. Debauchery. <laughs> Well, as in so the way vague. you've termed it is inherently a fault but I get what you mean hedonism is perhaps probably so just the, the pursuit of pleasure yeah. for its own sake hedonism is a less loaded term yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. I think my, mine's I definitely indolence or sleeping in to be more specific sleeping, sleeping in, in is huge yeah, yeah actually I know people I know people who I'd probably say I'd probably say staying up or I'd probably say staying up damn it's both with me because I do tend to be relatively okay at sort of Getting in, but board. I do waste a lot of time at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Just sat in bed, either not What's being the, sleep. What is the most frustrating thing about it is that whenever I wake up early, I feel better for the rest of the yeah, day. Absolutely, you do, you and yet I continue not to do this. You're annoyed. You're annoyed for the first maximum sun exposure and everything. You're annoyed for the first ten minutes, and then you have a coffee or something, and you wake up and you're fine. Your energy is better, your mood's better regulated, it's everything. I also really envy people whose like circadian rhythm is just wired to wake up like half seven. I envy people who can just fall asleep at night. Minutes. Yeah, that's the thing they I can't hit, do. They that. hit the pillow and they're like, I can't. I'm, I'm like, what is what is going, or rather, what is not going on in their head? Yeah, I think like, again, I think it's a, oh, I think oh. it's a routine thing because you can condition yourself. I think yeah, the, prob- the problem is, that but yeah, but I think the problem is, is the problem is, is that you need to condition yourself so that when you're you're in bed to your body and your brain, that mm. means sleep and nothing well, else. So Whereas I get in bed and I'm on my phone and I'm reading and stuff. So it's not it's not like my bed is like it's more of like. A place where I chill. Pretty it's not chill, a place yeah. where I'm like, Sleep all down. I'm doing is sleeping there. Yeah. And is I think that would like a Minecraft. Exactly. Just yeah. right click. Yeah. Sleep. Exactly. It's, it's it's white light. To be honest. It's bright light. <laughs> God, you guys are leaks. <laughs> I've actually never played. I'd actually like to highlight it. That was such a good. Reference. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, it's I was a- going to say something actually. That was contributed to the discussion, but now I've forgotten it because of the Minecraft comment. But yeah, go on. I was, I, I was, I was going to say it's, 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 it's the constant white light. It's the constant bright light that you use at like 12 or 1 a.m. or whatever when you're just lying in bed. Like sports yeah, teams, exactly. for example, like in the Lions Tour 2013, the rugby tour, like, they yeah. actually took away their phones at like 9 p.m. Like the coaches were just like, Doesn't right, you're, you're, right, you're just not going to do that otherwise. You're, you're meant to literally have no screens after like 8. You're not meant to. As in, it's in like two hours before you sleep. Yeah. As in the customer like reading before bed is something that needs to be inculcated, but I just actually don't. That's the problem is that I, I do no, occasionally you mean that, that turn I read on my brain phone. activity on. Like your brain is not meant to be active for like an hour before you sleep. Like you're mm-hmm. not meant to read. Like reading is obviously better because of the white light and like, especially if people who are on their laptops working before they go to bed mm-hmm. and that's really horrible for you because your brain is super stressed and turned on. But no, I, I'm, because I looked into it. The, I think it's the Marines or one of the US Army. They developed like a technique to help soldiers fall asleep in two minutes. Really? And it's really quite. As in, I looked, I looked through it, and it's one of those things where I saw it and was like, "This looks like it would work," but I couldn't be bothered to try it because it's a lot of mental effort. It's a lot of mental effort to keep your mind sort of still. Mm. It really, really is. I do end up who, who can just become blank. They tab the rather just instantaneously. Yeah, it, it yeah. takes. It actually, yeah, counterintuitively, takes a lot of effort to think of nothing. It's insane, but it is, it is definitely... Which, which in a circular cycle just makes you think of stuff. Well, I hate to bring it up, but there, was this, there were all these stories about uh, Bonaparte like falling asleep just on the battlefield and stuff. Well, that's really? what the, the, the like Army thing is designed you know, to do. It's designed yeah, he, to just, he just took a nap, asleep. and there were literally cannonballs like flying yeah, that's around. That's so alpha. Yeah, it was insane. Well, because that's, that's, that's He's what so chill. He, he was so chill. This, this US Army technique, obviously, they're... It's yeah. one of the most stressful jobs on the planet is being. Yeah, you need to sleep. Again. It's obviously very noisy, and you need to sleep, and you don't need to yeah. talk. So it's designed to just sort of help them, just knock themselves out. Essentially, makes a lot of sense. I've always envied people as well who can just survive on like four or five hours sleep. Like Margaret Thatcher supposed to survive but, on two no, hours sleep. But yeah, but, then she, but she got dementia. This, this is the thing. It, it, but, it gets but, much easier as you get older. But yeah, you need less sleep. But long, long term, long term, it's it's terrible for your it's terrible for your health. Well, both Thatcher and Reagan both boasted about, oh, they only slept four hours a night. They both got dementia. 
six, it's really, hours, it's six hours, I think it's fine. I think if you can function on six hours, that yeah. is probably. I, I think, think that's what I've seen Elon Musk talk about in his sleep, and he's like, he just he described it in his typical robotic way. He's like, yeah. I find that anything less than six hours is is suboptimal. <laughs> suboptimal. Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> said that. Um, said no, that he says he said productivity goes down. Like, no, it's true. Arnold Schwarzenegger was like, if you need more than six hours sleep a night, sleep quicker. Sleep quicker. <laughs> Such a good way of putting it. Don't like, yeah. Fair. I think some people do get through sleep cycles quicker because you know you sleep in like ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, some yeah, people yeah. actually do sleep quicker. They just have faster. Because it's a recovery process. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I feel like some people are just literally better at it and can, and can actually get by. Like I, it. I go through phases of, of months being very happy on six hours sleep. I think I'm just a bad sleeper. I just don't sleep well. Mm. But it's, it's 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 definitely self-inflicted. There are lots of things I could be doing to improve it. Mate, yeah, we don't exactly treat our bodies like temples, do we? No. We've been through your favorite. Well, we can do it again. Who are your favorite characters in history? As in, I raised at the beginning, oh, I yeah. said Trotsky. Um, Nelson. Simultaneously. Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out! You're, 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 you're expelled! You're expelled! That is so get, across, get across the channel. That is so funny. No, I love, I love Nelson as well. Uh, <laughs> stare down, the, cat, stare down from the opposite end of the table. Characters, yeah. Cat, okay, well then you know what? I, 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 Louis, mate. More, characters I, in history. I do like his... I thought better of you, bro. I, I've talked about the Trotsky story before, about how he, he, um, he just essentially waffled for, for like two weeks. Yeah. And um, whilst, uh, whilst they were, yeah, the Nazi Soviet attack was, was ongoing, mm. and I think that that's just a great, a great victory. And he and won the, um, won the Russians of war. I'm going to steal what Louis once told me, which is Salvador Dali, where he sent, you know, a little envelope oh, yeah. to his dad. The question was, what is your favorite? Who is your favorite painter of all time? So you can well, double up on that. This isn't because of his painting, but it's just kind of funny. Salvador Dali sent. I mean, obviously, Louis told me this, but sent an envelope to his dad with some of his semen in it and was just like, I'm repaying you back. He said, he said debt paid in full. <laughs> debt paid in full, exactly. Quite weird. I mean, I really weird. Also, I'm not entirely sure what the point was. Is it even that clever? I mean, like, it's just a strange thing to do. Not really sure, mate, to be told. Um, They're very odd on sort of, like, several levels. I don't really want to yeah. take that. I feel like that's the kind of thing that he's doing it and he's like, yeah, like, the critics are going to be talking about this. He was really good friends with Sigmund Freud and maybe that's because Freud just looked at him and thought, you are weird. I imagine like, <laughs> Freud had a field day with him. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Who are our favorite painters? Probably Goya. Favorite painters. Turner for me. William I Turner. Don't, I don't. I, don't I, th- I feel like you just have a stock answer for this. I, I yeah, must I profess that I, I, I'm just, I'm just yeah. not that appreciative of art. Josh, do you remember when we walked around the National Gallery? I said, I, I say I'm not that appreciative. I, I like walking around and looking at paintings. Yeah. I'm just not invested in where they came from. <laughs> like, also, also, I do hate this. Like, understandable. That's, man, that's understandable. nice. That is yeah. nice. I sometimes resent analysing paintings in like a really nitty sort of like intense way just for the sake of it like when Josh and I for example just walked around the National Gallery like last year or whatever all, we didn't really have much to say all we were like oh that's a nice painting well that's, well, that's that, but that should or, be whatever. that should okay. be its principal that's effect it is, that should be the principal effect what's of all interesting art. is I sort of do I do uh, at least when I when I used to uh, read a lot more than I do I did the same with books I had the same attitude with books like I, I never I was never really into there aren't many authors whose catalogues I've read mm. for instance like I would never read a book and find so, so you sort and of then read, just read everything read a book and then read everything by the author i think i've probably only done it for two or three authors yeah but what i would do is, is sort of in the same way as rather than looking at a painting liking it and then going mm. and looking at the artist's other work i'd just walk around the gallery who's mm. which is which i trust to have selected a but to be honest really nice paintings. but that's the thing it's the same like, thing I'd, I'd go around a, yeah. a bookstore my school bookstore or even like you know 
<coughs> the different publishing collections of books mm-hmm. and I'd be like oh well, yeah they probably know better than I do I'm going to trust that they've but that's selected the, thing, but the but best also, selection of books that should be art's principal effect the, the, the first thing you notice is that it's beautiful you know, that's this main that's this main objective yeah exactly so yeah. I think I don't know. I mean, if it fails in that then it doesn't matter how symbolically complex it is I remember I got into a massive argument once with my mum because I just well, I instinctively I was 12 years old or something and I just looked at Van Gogh's chair or whatever and I was mm-hmm. just like just chair in it. Nice. Just a chair. No, as it, to obviously, but to it's, sort of like but art academics. It's a painting that's, of a chair. Though. Yeah. <laughs> we, said, we said this when walking around the galleries that there were obviously people walking around next to us. Yeah. Who, who were sort of discussing the paintings massively in depth. Yeah, as if they were wax lyri- waxing lyrical well, about the, them. The stuff. camera's going to spot this, but Louis just sort of wandered off. Yeah, what are you doing? If our listeners didn't hear that, he's asking for he's asking for more spirit. He's gone off to get the vermouth. He's taken a mid-podcast break. He clearly could not make it through. Once again, we don't condone alcoholism. <laughs> In any way, yeah, shape Sorry, or we were walking around the National... Oh. This is going to be great on the recording. Yeah, this is going to be great. <laughs> Cheers, Louis. <laughs> so, we were walking around the National Gallery, and 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 uh, there are all these sort of arts experts. I, I realistically don't actually believe that that's a thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. People who knew, who knew a lot of thought. I don't believe in art experts. There's some people who can know a lot about art. I think there's people who can know a lot about art. A history of art, yes, but not like art, like analysing art just in yeah. isolation. Yeah. I think that's a skill in of itself. I think, oh, like the light looks like this or whatever. That's all just subjective stuff, I think, really. I think, well, but you can, you can become... I think there's no authoritative people, opinion on that. You can become more... No, there's not an authoritative opinion. You, I think you, the same way I, do, a, I, I do believe you can become more like, refined sen- sensitive to, to art. Yeah. To art. But there's not an authoritative opinion in the same way there's an authoritative opinion on the same like, I don't know, Napoleonic Wars or something like that. Well, there's like, there, there are people who can... Why, why is it different to literature? Some people read into literature. It's not. everything. But, but this is the thing, I do believe I also like that much. I don't, I don't think it's fundamentally different because, and this is something... But it's principally the same. This is something that like I noticed having studied English was like the main thing that I got out of the degree was I felt like I had become more sensitive to like the beauty of literature. It was like I could read my ability to read for its own sake and like and enjoy, you know, enjoy good writing was massively improved. And it's I think it's something that just comes with thinking about literature a lot. Like you just it's stuff you start to notice. But again, the idea that that's like objectively like more advanced or like better, it's just kind of a different way of reading. I think certainly when you're immersed in it, in sort of like a discipline like that. You, you come to ha- be you're almost like forced to enjoy it in that okay, respect so which comes to make you more sensitive to it in, in mm-hmm. some respects yes I guess so say you had okay this is, this is my this might be, this is going to be a bit of, of a weird question to phrase but say you had no way of appreciating a second layer of literature what do you mean as in so so a lot of the books you read and enjoy yeah you enjoy not because of the surface level plot right but because of certain themes within or certain themes that they bring out and you know a secondary uh, layer to yeah yeah I mean yeah do you see what I'm saying? I do, but I also think there are certain books that you don't necessarily you're not sort of enraptured by what's actually going on, but by what sort of the more subliminal stuff that you're getting from the text. Yeah, but I but I think I think there's also it's kind of a false dichotomy because I think the the main thing the main thing that enraptures one about a book is its beauty, like its aesthetic qualities. Mm. And I think it's actually quite difficult when you really think about it to distinguish between that and the plot and the themes and all of these like categories that we construct okay well I, do you see I, what I mean I don't know what books we've both read that I can give you an example but like something like have I talked to you about the castle the Kafka book yeah, uh, yeah. the Kafka book yeah. like not much goes on in it 
objectively, not much happens. It's about, yeah. it's about, I think, I read it a while ago, but it's about like a land surveyor. Mm-hmm. He goes and just, he, he goes around this town because he thinks it's his job to survey land. And he meets all the characters and there was, nothing really happens. They're just mm. all a bit eccentric and then there's sort of a vague plot. Like on, on, on the surface, nothing happens. Mm. But it's just, the, the intrigue of the book is how interesting all of the characters are. It's actually, it's unfinished, but it's, it's how interesting all the characters are, how weird an atmosphere the town has. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably butchering the description of this. No, but, but I, I think what you're well, trying to... I would it, say it, I enjoy... It's, it's not by no means one of my favourites, but I would say I enjoyed the book, mm-hmm. even though there is, on the surface, nothing about the book. If, wait, if, if I may... If, sorry, if, right, if, if yeah. I may just interject, I think what you're talking about is whether or not you can appreciate a book without having necessarily an academic understanding of it. In the first place, yes. so for example, say it was just the word yeah. and the immediate. Which, yes, absolutely. Which but I, I think the things, agree with. But I think the things that you're appreciating aren't because the characters don't exist; they're not real. It's well, a halu- well, they're, yeah. they're a hallucination. Obviously, well, what is the ideas is, they convey? It's, it's, I think. What they represent, I think. I what people, what one actually appreciates about literature is beautiful writing, even if one, even if you don't even and the great particularly story. realize that that's what you're doing. But like, okay. like for example, a good uh, one of my favorite novels is, is Malone Dies by Samuel Beckett. Mm-hmm. And then, which is famously pretty much about nothing because it's about this old man who never gets out of bed and he just lies in his room and it's the last days of his life and he dies. Mm. And he spends the whole time, it's an internal monologue, he spends the entire time just like moving, seeing if he can move like his right finger or like a pencil falls behind his bed and he tries mm. to pick it up and he can't because he's too decrepit. Literally, and there's a famous review saying it's incredibly difficult to pin down what actually happens and Malone dies or if anything happens at all. But it is one of the, it's, it's arguably Beckett, Beckett's most beautiful novel. And p- purely for the fact that it's just, the, the writing is so, yeah. is so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that was, that was like a, that's a very modernist kind of thing to be doing. And there are a lot of modern, I can't remember the critic, so this is, it's, it's a bit perfunctory, but there was this critic who famously said that he wants to write a book, the ultimate, sort of the ultimate piece of modernist literature would be a book that is actually about nothing and actually conveys zero information yeah and I would, I it, think all I it that. is is just beautiful writing well, the, and so it, it's just a completely empty vessel mm. but the it's like an empty vase but an extremely beautiful vase with nothing inside it i just think also that there are books which are sort of supposedly i guess steeped in academic learning and sophistication that i just enjoy without really having any knowledge of it so i remember like my lockdown book was a uh, Crime and Punishment, Dostoevsky, and I'm mm-hmm. sure that I hadn't, yeah, I knew nothing about Dostoevsky's sort of literary context, really not much about historical context, to be honest, mm-hmm. not much about his philosophical context, all the things that academics, I presume, sort of labour over for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. But the the plot and the, the characters were just so engaging to me. Mm-hmm. I just loved it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I gleaned enough of it. Now, you'll get sort of like academics and sort of like snobby intellectuals or whatever who'll be like, oh, you didn't really properly engage with it, didn't properly understand it, didn't properly sort of weren't really properly sensitive to it mm. but I said well, I, no, I sort of I think it was shit like, as in I, I like, enjoyed it for this thing that it's meant to do I mean do you think everyone who's read that when it was first published would sort of mm. sit there in their armchairs with their pipes and, mm. well there is there is an awful lot of snobbery yeah exactly. there's an awful lot of snobbery exactly it's very true should we go for another question let's do it why not so your favourite and least favourite is you know there's two questions but not just one your favourite and least favourite virtues <laughs> oh um there you go. Thing is, I feel like Hitchens gave the best answer to this one. Well, well, in, well your, his your, fa- your his, favorite. My favorite is courage, which I know he also. But, oh, but you I think, think as in that's, that's that's a different question. Oh, he fair said, enough. He said an appreciation for irony. Oh, that is a good virtue. But yeah, my, my favorite virtue would be courage. Appreciation for irony, though, is just not the best virtue. It's courage. Let's be real. It really, it really is courage. Well, it was, it was Churchill who said courage is the, is the greatest virtue because it underpins all the others. Yeah, it, it I mean, I mean, Plato, Plato would say there was wisdom. <laughs> 
because mm. you need to know you need to be wise to know what to is courageous and what's rash for example the, but equally you, know, you have to have courage, courage, courage wisdom that, wisdom allows you to, to make to know what to do but courage gives you the strength to do it yeah, I think courage perhaps but if, but, but if you're if you're courageous is, is it courageous really just to be rash because you don't have the knowledge yeah, or foresight to be able to realise that no but the whole point is that it's wisdom that allows for courage and I think I'd rather have something unbri- not to be rash. I think I'd rather have unbridled courage than unbridled wisdom. Oh, I don't know though. Unbridled courage though or, leads to rashness. I, I, I feel point. like unbridled wisdom would be better, but, that, but that's I think a, I'd that's a different question though. Courage. No, because unlimited courage, then you just you just you just would cross the road, whatever, and just die. <laughs> I, like I, you I, just I, say, if you have no fear, I mean, it's like. But then, well, no, but courage is overcoming exactly. fear. So you have courage to have, you have to be scared to be courageous. It's true. It's true. So yeah. So this is why I think courage is. It's, it's sort of a it's sort of a little bit of a cheat because it's one of those virtues that's very difficult to overstep because you have to have an appreciate courage isn't foolhardiness or stupidness right stupidity because you know running out into the road because you don't have a fear of cars isn't courage because you're not over that's stupidity not yeah, but what about what about running into battle though against like fifty people and you know you're just going to die and just like well, just, trying to, just because you're trying to you're going use to contextualize this well then courage. that would be overcoming your fear yeah it wouldn't be a very wise it, exactly though. and which is why wisdom yeah, is necessary okay, to make I mean. I courage like worthwhile in modernity there aren't many scenarios in which courage could overreach mm. when do you really mm. when, when are the few but you could courageously make the wrong decision. You could, but could you make the wrong decision because of courage? Okay, I'll give you the scenario. I'll, I'll give Maybe. you a scenario. I mean, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> you are afraid because you should not do something. I'll give you a scenario. I'll give you a scenario. What if you're walking down the street and your mate gets like accosted or something like by, by like four people? There are like three bigger dudes, like literally ten meters away, who haven't seen it, mm. but you go straight in to try and help them instead of like literally just running over to get those three dudes, and then you will, will help them or something like that. You'll get beat up. I, think, I guess maybe that's probably a scenario in which if you are wise, no, so, think, you would temper your think, courageous instincts. I think I would want my friend to help directly. I would do that as I well. Would not, mm-hmm. I would not want my friend to take risks upon his involvement. Because that's also I would the thing, not want not my with... friend to run to those three guys at the because there is still a potential expense of, of mm-hmm. you dying, right? True. And this or is also the thing is seriously harmed. Because we're not. We're I would not still talk, want my friend to just yeah. send it. But what if we're, we're both? What if we're both going to get screwed by those guys? But you don't know that. If you're wise, you might. If you're wise, you might. I don't think it matters. I mean, the question isn't what's the most useful virtue, it's what's the greatest virtue. True, good point. And I do think jumping in against 50 people when you know you're going to die, that's a very valiant thing to do. I'll tell you what the worst is. the least, I think Hitchens gives the best I think my favourite is courage because it is Pacifism. Pacifism is the best. He says faith. He says faith and patience. Patience is definitely overrated. I think there were several virtues. I'd say pacifism is usually taken as a virtue. I think it's just basically a call to inactivity. As an absolute pacifism. Yeah, well, generally... Or just an aversion to conflict. It's it's an aversion to conflict, and it sort of means that when conflict is necessitated, you won't engage with it. Yeah, pacifism when when conflict is necessary. But that's that's never been a virtue, though. Uh, pacifism as a general idea as in trying to be peaceful like as, for as much as you can might lead you into scenarios because some conflicts are necessary yeah it might lead you to be peaceful when you otherwise shouldn't be oh, yeah. for example standing up to someone in an argument maybe. Yeah. no I'll take, that. I'll take okay. that one how about that standing up to bullies and just being like you know what it's not my fight turning the other cheek yeah. overrated yeah you. massively overrated you. Yeah. if someone just says like oh it's not my fight it's not my argument whatever when they see something just being when they see like an injustice being taken place just mm-hmm. under the banner of pacifism that is Sorry, I'm just yeah. going to ask this one because he's given a fantastic answer. What is your favourite flower? Oh, asphodel. <laughs> I'm going to need to 
That reminds me of the Harry Potter line. It's a great one. What does it look like? I don't it's know like what a, you're it's about. kind of hard to describe. It's like it grows in Greece. It's like a tall. Does he say like poppy seeds? Does he like opium or something? Of sort of like little bells on the side. Look at look it up. Look it up. He said nice. garlic. He did say garlic. Yeah. He said garlic. Garlic's a flower. That's well, just so I, I, I assume he didn't get it wrong. <laughs> what? No, no. I think I, I presume it must be a flower. But that is just there's wild garlic. The sort of this quite floral. Yeah, I've never really thought about what my favorite. I've never really thought about what my favorite flower is. What's your favorite flower? I don't really know to be honest. I don't mind like a decent daisy. That's pretty boring, isn't it? I mean, it does the job. It definitely does the job. It's not a bad. That's outrageously dull. Everyone would agree that it's not. It's not a bad flower. Tulips are nice. You've gone for it. I'm trying. I'm trying to. I mean, I don't. This thing. I don't have particularly strong opinions about flowers. Neither. I just think asphodel is quite cool, and also the word is great. This is something we're more familiar. What's your favorite tree? Oh, a sequoia oh. tree. I knew we'd be more familiar with that. A sequoia nah, tree. Probably just huge. like a good old oak, like a big one. I, big oak. I, like, I like a willow tree. Willows are nice. Like a, willow a, Briti- a British birch? An Albion oak. Mm. Yeah, or or a British birch. better with trees than flowers. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I think... You could say like the redwoods, but that's just like the biggest one. Yeah, it's not exactly. Right. That's, that's not that cool. Sort of, yes, big tree. I like it. Yeah. Tree beard. But yeah, <laughs> <and> <laughs> that's my, oh, no, no, my favourite. My favourite tree is my favourite tree. Yeah. Just, just the sprinkling of Lord of the Rings is necessary in every single podcast. Nerd. Yeah. We, we can, what are your? These, these are mostly sort of. What are your favorite? What are your favorite names? Mm. Favorite girl's name, favorite boy's name, and Ar- why? Arthur is my favorite boy's name. I think Zeus. Zeus. Xerxes. Well, that's, just, that's just that can't be true. I mean, so you said you said Arthur. Arthur. I Arthur. Think, yeah. What if, the thing is, if I called my kid Zeus, then I'm really hoping he's going to come up to be something special. Hmm. He can't become some sort of like nerd. I think there are a lot of nice names where you get shortened to rubbish ones. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just thinking of girls' names and something like girls' names, sort of like sort of Elaine and Eleanor, but they always get shortened Eleanor to Ellie. Do you know what I mean? It's just, no Ellie's. thanks to any Ellie's listening. I've actually always, I've actually always <laughs> liked Rose. Rose is nice. The 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 the, 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 the flower like ones have been nice. appropriated by, like I don't know. I just don't like the name Rose anymore. I feel like it's been twisted somehow. Been twisted. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't I just know. like it. I think. I think Lily is a nice name. Lily, very nice. I think the Daisy flower is how, nice how, how are all of our favourite names not our favourite flowers? Because You've just named three consecutive flowers. <laughs> because I think they... Uh, they work better as right, well. I'm going to name my kid Asphodel. I'm going to name my kid Asphodel. <laughs> and they're going to be a demon. Do you think, do you think, do you think your kid would get heavily bullied if they were named like, you know, Zeus or Achilles or... Achilles? No. I knew, oh, I, I, knew, I, knew bullied, I knew a guy named bro. Achilles. I knew a guy you get named, bullied. Yeah. I mean, he was Greek. That's the thing. Oh, right. That's fine. I knew a girl called Adele. Uh, and everyone called him Aki. It was really cool. It was, it was, it was a cool name. That's really cool, yeah. actually. It was a cool name. Right, yeah. My kid's, my kid's Achilles. Or Zinedine is a good name. I always thought Zinedine Zidane is the coolest name ever. a really cool name. That's a sick name. Yeah. It's a really cool name. Yeah. No one here, no one for that saying, like, Ben, are they? Benjamin. This is what I mean. I don't get why so many so many kids have those one-syllable names when... Mm. When realistically, when if you ask someone their favorite name, that's never what they're coming. But up. I always think no the, one's gonna the, be like, "What's your favorite name, Dave?" It's but so the, but the, Sorry, the Dave. longer the longer versions always nicer. Is this like, what I, mean? I think Benjamin's a very nice. But name. Benjamin's a lovely name. I think Thomas is like a nice name. Get, it's like Jonathan's a lovely name. John is a horrible name. Yeah, John's a bit. John's like, just a bit. Worst name okay. without a shadow of a doubt, though. Gordon. Gordon. I just think Gordon is a shocker. Bad. Gordon is a bad. Or Keith. That's one of those. Ethan. Well, Ethan's not great. He's not horrible. It's not Gordon level. Gordon is pretty much as bad as you get. And the worst female name is Gertrude. Gertrude. It's not really a name anymore. Mm. It can't really be. Well, it shouldn't be. It's sort of uh, Margaret. I've never liked Margaret. Uh, a little peroration on names there. <laughs> <laughs> what natural gift would you most like to possess? Um, hmm. Facial hair. <laughs> like a good beard. Does that count as a gift? Like, no, That's but like a good, good facial hair. Like a good, a good beard. A good beard. 
probably still shave it off. Just the, the knowledge that I could grow it would be great. Um, because I don't feel like there. Are, what, what counts as a natural gift? I mean, I was going to say he listed. He said he said the ability to learn many languages, and that's, yeah. that's one of the only things I would conceive of as like a natural. That's a good one. I would love gift. that. Oh, or be, being a, a chess genius would be great. Being a, be, to be fair, mm-hmm. be, being some sort of mathematics. No, being yeah, a very good piano. Yeah, be a very good piano. Oh, being oh, some I musical. That was the next thing. In my very mind. yeah, being, being a piano. Incredible pianist. That would be wonderful. Just, just, yeah. just, um, Having something like some people are just musically gifted, yeah. whereby they can pick up instruments very yeah, quickly. The equivalent yeah. for languages, but for I, I would have a play, being able to sit down because I to play like three or four yeah. instruments would be incredible. As mm-hmm. then I play, yeah, Josh and I played the piano, but like you know, if, if, well. not very well. As if you would just the appreciation to sit down on the piano and just be able to oh. whack the rhythm. I mean, that would be my first, so it's so useful. As my well. first instinct was so salacious; it was just to be well endowed, but I mean that's just Jesus. <laughs> that's not very good, is it? It's <laughs> lowering tone. <laughs> I'll stick with the piano. piano I feel like you'll be in. Don't worry, I'm sure that's what Hitchens thought first. Well. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if he had issues. <laughs> definitely not, mate. Not a chance. Yeah, I, feel like, I feel like this is quite a good one. Piano, I think, for sure. Yeah, because it is, it is sort of, it has a finite quality to it. Excellent. Really. How would you like to die? Oh. And don't give a boring answer. I was going like to give a Tyrion. What's the Tyrion answer? Not the Tyrion answer. Not the Tyrion answer. Yeah, yeah, not the Tyrion answer. Not at home in bed because that was. Oh, you can say at home in bed, but I will. I will cut you off at that point. Cackle at you. It is a little bit. Um, I don't know. Probably, probably just at the end of a really good night in the drunken stupor, and then I go and decide to to skydive, and I forget my. You were such an alcoholic. And I forget my parachute. I feel like being like. That's probably that's probably quite good. I don't know. Like. No, laying I, down my, like, I don't know like sacrificing myself or something yeah but you can't do that let's be real like, like, that's just never going to happen well, that, that would be great sort of mugged on the street and sacrifice nah but not in a mugging though it'd have to be against some like so you want to go some animal well ideally I win a posthumous interesting ideally I win a posthumous VC or something like that by doing a Thermopylae you know, last stand kind of thing holding down the line yeah. but I just know I it's not going to happen fall of fire supercar straight into some some building actually no I would that like, harms no one I would like to I would like to burn up on re-entry into the Earth's atmosphere oh that's that's fantastic <laughs> that's what I would like to actually do. this is the best I one think, that I would think, be I think sick. space mission gone wrong yeah, yeah. space mission, space no, no, mission no, but, gone but wrong but not not dying like in the void I'd mm. want to be like in a spacesuit, and then I like re-enter I mean, Earth's atmosphere and I burn up do you know what actually yeah. Stephen Hawking is? It'd be pretty quick. Yes, you've it'd be pretty it. quick. You've done it. You've still you're done in space. Whole risk you have an you have an amazing view. You've also you're on radio, so you can deliver some sort exactly. of exactly. You can deliver some like incredible, some final magnificent words. before they hear you burn to death over the intercom. And probably screaming. Yeah. Probably <laughs> screaming. You can just deliver something absolutely beautiful and poetic. Some majestic. If you get sent in space, are you writing a pre-written speech to record in case that happens? I think so. Almost definitely. I've got so. I've got I've got a slightly even better one that I think I'd say it's Stephen Hawking's one. Uh, which was oh, going to black hole. Which was going to to the event horizon of a black hole. Because mm. for a split second before we get completely shredded apart, oh, yeah, I, you supposedly could, you yeah. could see the past and the future. You could see time. That would be the way I'd go. That'd You'd see crazy. time, and also you could see the back reality. of your own head. Yep, exactly. Because <laughs> you're on the event horizon, the light's like spinning around yeah. it. Spaghettification. You look one way. I also think being see the back of your being, own being knowingly being taken out by like a government of some kind. What? Because you just know you're going out and you're starting something massive. Being what? assassinated, dying yeah. as a martyr. Being assassinated. Yeah. What? Bye bye. But well, because you have to have done. So- a, you have to have done something of note. No, but the thing but is, something is quite bad. The thing probably. is, like, it's not go- necessarily. Maybe. No, but Josh, oh. if a government, if a government is assassinated, political figures who've been assassinated by Dietrich Bonhoeffer or something. Yeah, yeah. Trotsky. Yeah, I think I think it's probably relatively. But, getting, but if, you're number, number, yeah. if you're getting assassinated, not even number. The thing is, if you're getting assassinated by a government, they're probably going to try and make it look like an accident. So, so who would even know that they killed you? 
Well, we've seen, even though the possible figures, we've seen plenty of political figures be assassinated by various governments. But how many how many political figures get assassinated that, that we don't no know one knows that it was an assassination? Well, we'll so would you like to... So would well, you like probably to, quite wait, wait, so Josh, you'll say you'd like to be taken out like sort of Jam or Khashoggi no, or something in, like that. As in, as in like, number, number one is, is still the space thing. The space thing. I think the space All thing. the dying I think, in wars. I think having... You've, you've clearly done something of significance to be yeah. taken out by... And actually, I looked it up. No human has ever died that way. Being taken out by like a hostile government would be interesting because you've clearly been... You've been an agitator against. Also, it. it's it's an entire country. It's an entire country saying, "Oh, we need this guy gone." That is quite an ego. Boost. Exactly. It's like exactly I'm right. You've clearly so. you're actually clearly on that. Enough note for a country to be like, "Look, you, this guy needs to go." On the it's space thing, sense. on the space thing, actually, a terrible way to go would be the Challenger accident because you haven't even gone into space at that point. Oh, that was horrible. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, you see Reagan's speech that you gave after that. Beautiful. It's a fantastic speech. Yeah. Anyway, that note. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, on the note of all of us dying. That's just us, basically, guys. We're off to, <laughs> we're off to go burn up in re-entry. <laughs> this is be the final podcast. Final <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's the enjoyed that, it. Yeah. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed learning a little bit about us. Mm-hmm. Probably haven't, but um, yeah, we'll see you next time anyway. We'll see you next time. See you. Sweet dreams are made.